Hey listeners, it's Yvonne and I want to share with you that this is the last episode of Lost and Refound, but it will be the first episode of Million Ways to Shine. Million Ways to Shine will still be a space where you can come to when you're lost between your passion projects and your 9 to 5, where you're ready to take steps towards your life goals and learn how to balance your goals with time and resources. Please join me on a journey to channel our thoughts into actions and we grow together. Hope you enjoy our 45th episode. Hi guys, you're listening to Lost and Found. So this is Yvonne and I have Yan and Neelam here. This is the third time we're having on Neelam. She is one of our really good friends and we love having her on. We just cannot stop talking to her and asking her about how she manages her budget. So today we have a very special episode where we're going into budgeting with a family and going into details about how to budget for kids and also how to teach kids about finance and how to work on their finances. I don't know about you guys, but when I was learning finances when I was younger, it was really just save all your money, don't spend it, or you can only buy it books or only use school, uh, school-related activities for it. So that's why I'm really excited to hear from Neil how she teaches her kids how to raise very financially fiscal children. <laughs> all right. Um, so Neela, uh, take it away. First of all, let's start with how old your kids are. Um, well, hi, thank you so much for having me back again. I always love um, chatting with you ladies on the podcast. So I have a very newly nine-year-old and an 11-year-old, both boys. Perfect. And I know that your older one definitely is the leader in the household. He's very, very responsible. And then you have your second one who's a little bit more fun, maybe a little bit more mischievous. And how do they currently budget their own, uh, their own, uh, do we call them, I was about to say salaries. No, you don't get salaries to your child. What is that called again, guys? Allowance. Allowances, thank you. (laughs) What do they do with their allowances? So um, my personal rule of thumb, which I've kind of gotten over the years of just figuring out what I thought would be best for them, is I give them a dollar amount per week that's equivalent to their age. So my nine-year-old, well, he now gets $9 a week and my 11-year-old gets $11 a week. Um, And that's how I kind of decided how they would get their allowances. And they, they have to do work to get their money, just like we adults do. We have to complete work to get our money and they only get paid once a week. So same with adults because I want them to learn delayed gratification and that you can't get what you want right when you want it. You know, I I don't ever give like an advance on their allowance. They have to learn to kind of wait for their um, income, if you will. So they have a list of chores they have to do um, that they can refer back to, and um, they have to finish their homework and things like that. So what I've done is I've opened up bank accounts for them. I have um, a Chase bank account myself. And if a parent um, or a guardian has a Chase account, they can open up a Chase First banking account for free for their children. And it's really awesome because you can easily transfer your money into their accounts. You can set financial goals and um, they can also separate their money into buckets. So savings, um, a goal, and then like spend money and things like that. Wow. My kids don't, I mean, for, okay, first of all, welcome back, Neelam. At this point, you should just be the third host of this podcast. 
And um, that's really impressive because my kids have no concept of money. My kids are, my older one is 10 now, my younger one is six. And when I give them allowance or when they get like Chinese New Year, they get money in their red envelopes. They just kind of toss it around. Like they don't even, they don't have any concepts of, oh, this money I can use to spend because for them, I think it's very much whatever I want. It shows up in front of the door from Amazon in like two days. So, and you know, so for them, they don't understand why they need money. And obviously I have not educated them about that. Um, I don't put them on the budget. Um, you know, I have, I definitely say they're very spoiled at this point. So how, how should I start? Because, you know, like I said, when I try to tell them, Hey, you let's, if you do some chores, I'll give you $5 a week. And right now they did it for one week because they needed some money for Robux. Um, and they can only, and I told them I wasn't going to give them money for video games. And so they both did chores one week, got five bucks and they have not done chores since. <laughs> And they do not need any more money because they have enough Robux for now. Nice. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's pretty common. I mean, it's pretty common for kids to kind of have that mentality, that um, uh, mentality of kind of, I want it now. And then, you know, I don't need anything at the moment. So why do anything? The motivation isn't there. There's a couple different ways that we could start talking with kids about money. It really depends on how old your kiddos are. So if you've got kiddos on the younger side, like four to seven-ish, three to seven, you can start with just kind of working on identifying coins and dollar amounts, counting money, counting change. And um, the, the biggest thing you could do is just like pretend to play grocery store or play bank, which kids love to do pretend play stuff anyways. So working on like a store or something and then assigning dollar amounts and they have to purchase things, that helps them just start to put into their mind the idea items just don't appear in our house for free. We have to exchange cash for the item. If we don't have the cash, we can't buy the item. So that's kind of like a, a starter for, for the younger kiddos. As you're getting into slightly older kiddos, like ages maybe 8 to 12 or so, so your, your target range, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's when you start talking about what I prefer to start talking about my actual budgets and, and my income and showing them how to like use coupons potentially or stack deals. Um, comparison shopping is really important at this age, learning how to read reviews, to find bang for your buck, finding a deal, um, giving, you know, being generous and giving to charities and setting financial goals. So, Whereas they needed the Roblox for that one week and they got the cash for it. This is a time where we can start pushing them to set bigger goals where it may take them several weeks to earn the money. And not only will this kind of extend that motivation, but it'll also kind of work a little bit on that impulsivity and having to wait for the thing you want, having to earn the money and save it to get to that item that you want. Yeah, that's something I need to teach myself first. <laughs> I'm definitely, if I want something, I'm going on Amazon. <laughs> so I have to teach my, my myself first and then I'll teach my daughter after. You see that that's also something that they did learn from you, where, um, Neelam, where your sons probably saw you being so self-conscious um, and calculated just because that's um, how you're doing the budget. And then they're curious. And so they start learning from you 
whether, um, whether you knew it or not. Yeah, you know, I include them on in all aspects of my financial and budgeting kind of day-to-day stuff that I do. So I actually have a notepad where I write everything down because I'm hella old school like that. Wait, are those your purchases? She just held up an, a, yeah. a list of, wait, is that your daily, monthly purchases? One side is one month and now I'm on the next side for the this current month. Wow. So girl, like ladies, like look, listeners, she's calculating everything, not with Excel, but hand calculating everything <laughs> per month. Something so comforting, warm and comforting about my notepad and my pen. Can't it's impressive. And the fact that you actually don't have your own template, you just made a template, you make your own template. You didn't use a template from somebody else. And so you wrote down all your daily purchases, including, is that including your household budget as well, or just your random purchases? Anything that comes out of my um, account goes on this paper. Um, And it's so popular now in our house that like, you know, anytime we talk about buying something, like the kids run over and they like grab the notepad first. Like, here, they mom, add to it. <laughs> wow. Mommy, like, let's figure it out. Like, how much money do we have? You know, like, can we buy this item? You know, when is mommy getting paid next? Like, what's that money being allocated to? So they, they see me do this for like years and years and years of like using notepads. And so, and they know how much, when I get my bills, how much my bills are not to like cause extra like stress or uncertainty on their shoulders. Cause they're just kids. But just so that they can be involved with adulting stuff in general. So they help me cook. They help me do a lot of things around the house. They help me like change light bulbs. Um, just in general, I want them to be involved with my life. And I want us to feel the three of us as a team. So we always like, I always say that like we're a team. So we're all going to do our chores together. We're all going to work together. Like, and that's just part of that, the budgeting stuff. You guys, my kids don't do shit. <laughs> It, it maybe takes time. I mean, Milam, right? You're, were your kids just one day? Like they picked that up? It takes time, I'm sure. It does take time and, and nothing's perfect. You know, like my younger one is so mischievous and he negotiates a lot and he's got, I could tell he's going to be like a future business guy because he, all he does is do like a wink and a smile. And he's like, I can get whatever I want. I got this lady wrapped around my finger, you know? Sounds like he'll be good at supply chain. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's got something in him, I swear. It's, <laughs> and it's never like a perfect, it's never perfect. You know, there's always mistakes. I still get impulsive. I still buy things without like referring to the notebook first, you know, hmm. life. And I gave my kids their laundry to do. My older one will do her own laundry. I mean, I seen folding her and putting her own clothes. My younger one sat there for three hours crying and did not do one thing. <laughs> So every time we have to help her and by helping her it means we do 90 percent and she does 10 percent i need to be i need to really kind of i need to crack the whip i need to be a chinese mom what happened to me (laughs) well that's actually a good question you what happens if they don't do their chores or they were did they did something that you didn't approve of? Like, do you just take money away or like money is not used as a punishment? That's a great question. And it actually ties in a lot to the work I do with my, um, for my job, applied behavior analysis. Um, I do use principles of behavior analysis with my kids because this is a big behavioral 
thing, you know, money and finance. Um, I can't, I don't feel comfortable removing stuff, removing money or withholding money unless I'm very clear with them what the expectations are. So we have like a list written down in the kitchen where it says exactly what they have to do to earn their cash and what happens if they don't do it. Like that's written down for them. So there's no like, so even me as a mom, like it's so, it would be so easy for me to be like, ah, I don't, I don't feel like it. So I'm just changing the rules up. Like, you know, in the moment, it's so easy to do that because I'm the adult anyways, like I can make rules. I can make things up if I want to. And kids just have to listen because they're, you're the adult, right? But this way, like, not only does it keep the kids in line, but it keeps me in line as a parent. Like, no, you did X, Y, Z, but you didn't do ABC. So you get exactly this much of your amount or whatever, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And it sounds, I was about to say like a job description <laughs> and like a contract in, in itself, not because you're formalizing your, your very real relationship with your family that I know is based on love. Um, but it, it's helpful. I think just always reminding each other about the responsibilities of what you, what you would like to do. Like it's a communication, right? Like, Hey mom, I don't really feel like doing that. Okay. Well tell me why. And then you have a conversation about it instead of saying like, Oh no, you have to, I think re it, for me, at least when I was younger, when I was just told, Oh, just because then that just never really sat well with me, especially if anyone that knows me, then I'll do exactly you told me not to do because I need to understand why. <laughs> and I just keep wanting to push the boundaries, right? Kids want to do that. Anybody curious will always keep pushing the boundaries. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and there's leeway with these kind of like chores or work that they have to do around the house because I have to allow them to have bad days. Because there's days where like I I'm not doing my work. I'm not cooking a nice dinner. I'm ordering pizza. You know, I'm, I'm not going to fold the laundry. I'm going to leave it in the basket or something because I'm having a bad day. I need my self-care. So that's included in there. I allow for them to have their bad days or their days where they don't want to do their chores, but they can still earn their money, which I think is fair because I do the same thing. I can't expect them to be better than me. That's really fair. That's really fair. I don't, I don't usually hear parents say that, you know, it's usually the parents' rules and you stick to the rules. And if you mess up, then you don't get you know, the money or whatever it is they, prom they promise. So I like that rule that, you know, allow for those bad days. Yeah. Could you imagine if our bosses, like if we weren't a hundred percent all the time and our bosses were like, oh, docked you a hundred bucks this hour, <laughs> up to $200 that day. Like we would be so fearful all the time about messing up. And I don't want my kids to feel that way ever. Especially with you as a parent. Yeah. yeah. And this also kind of reminds me back of our last conversation about just money mindset and habits. Because I grew up with that other mindset, money was a punishment. If I didn't do something, then it was removed or I didn't get something. Um, and you had that scarcity mindset. This makes a lot of sense. Like you're not teaching your kids like all the bad habits that maybe you had to go through or that were maybe very traditionally used to teach kids. So I like the way that you're talking about the allowance. It's it also makes a lot of sense for me too. I'm like, hmm, I wonder, wonder how I can value myself a little bit more and give myself a mini allowance and allow myself, oh, this is how much I should spend this week. Is, is that also what you do too? You're nodding your head. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, it's so important to make sure that we um, allow ourselves those kind of like treats or self-care 
within reason. So if your budget says you can spend $5 a week, go get yourself that coffee, go get yourself a lip gloss, like do what you do, you want to do to make yourself feel happy and comfortable with that amount. Um, there are certain people, you know, TV personalities or whatever out there that, that are more strict about it. Like you have to pay off all your debt and you have to be intense about it and you can't spend any money on yourself. That's just a way to drive yourself into the ground. That's punishing. Hmm. But your budget allows you, whether it's 30 bucks a week or hundred bucks a week or $5 a week and make it work. And, and if you're not having that bad of a week, Maybe you don't spend your $5 that week and you wait till the next week and you spend $10 or something, you know, mm-hmm. you'll fill yourself out. Yeah. And, and kind of going back to along the lines of special occasion, um, for kids, when they're thinking, oh, this is Christmas or this is a present that I'm getting for my friend, how do you budget for, for those special holidays or gifts that you're giving to other people? That's a great question. I actually, um, I actually do something a little different for birthday parties. That's another thing where kids kind of just expect this party to magically appear in front of their eyes with like a cake and guests and party bags and, and entertainment. And it just appeared and maybe happy about X, Y, Z, but they love, you know, different things about it. And to kind of offset some of that, this beautiful party just appeared and they have no idea that it, it costs you like maybe a thousand dollars or a couple thousand dollars for this party is I'll set the budget for the party. And then I'll tell my son, here's the money. Tell me how you want to spend it. And I help him with organizing the items. I help him with research. I help him with figuring out what's important to him. But that way, if something does have to get cut or if the cake is a little smaller um, or if the music is a little different or something, instead of being surprised at the party and they're like, ah, ah, the cake's not the way I wanted it. And I didn't get to invite Tommy and Susie to my party. You know, like they might be upset about those things. They're the ones spearheading it. They're the ones deciding like, okay, it's important to me to have a nice cake. So I'll spend more money for that. Um, But it's less important for me to have good music. So I'll put less money to that. And it's all like based off of what they want, how they want to allocate their money what they research to be important to them. And that way it kind of puts it back into their hands. If anything, they're creating the party that they want and they're helping organize it themselves with the budget that you have. So you're kind of putting it back into their hands. I love that. And I I bet you that also makes the party more special too, because it's not just that one day it happened, but something that they've been looking forward to, they've been planning the whole time and they feel like they have control over exactly what they wanted instead of giving you a theme and then you have to kind of fill in the blanks and you know and then go surprise which is again my kids surprise here's the party they're already happy and three days later they're like what happened to the party yeah or they keep like my son he just had his birthday he keeps changing his mind constantly up until the day of the you know his birthday weekend um, and this kind of helps them also stop with that impulsivity or at least kind of curb it a little bit and make that, those decisions and stick to the decision because the payment has been made or, or whatever. Or even as little as like, I wanted a vanilla cake and you got me a chocolate cake. Will you change your mind? Like all that messiness is like out of the prop. It's, it's not even a problem anymore. And when you're talking with your kids about uh, even just the birthdays, I'm sure that they feel really proud of making the decisions and also 
I, I don't, th- I don't know if they're really thinking, oh yeah, this makes my mom proud that I can do this really well. But I think there's this sense of pride being like, oh my gosh, I made something and I planned something that was all made by me. <laughs> yes. That's, and that's so important too, with all of this is, is making sure you do have that kind of like oomph of encouragement and pride when it comes to these things, because um, it'll really help them with making good decisions as they become adults too. Mm. And has there been an example of one moment where your boys have done something or you're thinking, wow, that's really impressive. I'm so glad I taught you that, or I'm so glad that you learned that. Actually, yes. So my older son, he's 11. He's turning 12 later this summer. He's actually started independently looking at colleges <laughs> um, because what? we got it a little here and there, but, um, you know, and they know that I have a college fund for them. But then on his own, he just started to say to me, you know, mommy, I think I'm going to look up some colleges to see which one, how much they cost, the ones that are around, you know, San Jose, where we li- where I live. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. So we pulled up the laptop and he's like, um, let's look at this university and let's look at the tuition for that university. And I'm like, oh my God, my heart like melted out of my chest. <laughs> that is like something people really don't think about. I didn't look at my tuition whatsoever until I graduated with a hundred K of student loans. And I'm like, Oh boy, that free at all. So the fact that he's starting to look into that now as like an almost 12 year old and start planning for it, that makes me so happy because that just makes me feel like he's really setting himself up for a good financial future. That is super impressive. Um, how did your par- did, how did your parents teach you or talk to you about finances when you were little? My mom tried. She gave me a little box where I could keep my cash in there, and then a little old checkbook so I could write checks, checks to her if I wanted to buy something. I had like an index card, which essentially I wrote all of my purchases down on, and I kept that in the box. But um, my parents were the same as yours, Yvonne, where they just wanted me to save, 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 save. But it didn't teach me the value of the dollar whatsoever because I didn't know, it didn't matter to me if I had a hundred bucks or 200 bucks. All I know is I have stuff in this box and I can't really use it. So what's the point? And what can I do? You know what I mean? Like, what do I do with this? It means nothing to me. Yeah. And And also, I was then not able to understand how much to spend on something. Like, what's the difference if there's a a lotion that costs $10 and a lotion that costs $100? I have $100. Why don't I buy the $100? That seems like it's going to be great. (laughs) That that doesn't help, guys. Especially, you know, when I was really stressed, especially when I was younger, I would want to buy things. I would want to feel power. And that's how I felt powerful was just spending my cash, spending my money. And and before we joined on the call, it was like talking about how sometimes we would buy things, right? Like me and my friends will buy stuff. We'll go to the mall, have a good time. And we come home with bags and bags and bags of things. Those bags sit in our house unopened for probably a week until I finally open up and say like, oh yeah, I forgot I bought this two weeks ago. So how important was that purchase really? <laughs> it was, That's it was my case. That's my case with Amazon boxes. Mm-hmm. They will literally say those boxes have been sitting there for a week and you have not even touched them. 
you know, well, impulse buying. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes we have boxes that randomly show up and I need to open boxes right now. Now it's just a habit. I need to open boxes. I don't, I need to know what's inside them. <laughs> and, and so I'll be like, Malinko, like, why are these boxes here? It's like, um, I bought something, but I just don't remember. Like, this is exactly what the the one button buy now or those types of impulse buttons. It's so easy. You have your credit card file. You don't have to go up and remember your number. I remember I memorized, I think, my credit card number or like my mom's credit card number at some age <laughs> just to be able to do these purchases like myself. But now with those buy now buttons, I mean, dangerous, very, very dangerous. <laughs> It is so dangerous, especially with like two-day shipping. I mean, like you just, you don't have to wait. It's everything stored in there. It, it, it's really hard to not buy into, like it's easy to do that, to just buy stuff. Yeah. And even for, for kids, right? When you're waiting. So I think that when you're teaching them that you have to wait, so you can't have instant gratification, certainly for, you know, big, big things. That's very important because we had that luxury of waiting like five, six, six months for shipping what if it was coming from overseas, but now everyone's expecting two day shipping or where is it? <laughs> and getting really frustrated if they don't get exactly what they want or at the store has something out of stock and they, they wanted that day. Well, you got to go back to the store and get it. Like you got to wait. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, my and my younger one, he really struggles with impulsivity. Like the moment he earns a dollar, he wants to spend a dollar. Even if he has like a $20 or something in, in mind that he wants to buy, like Pokemon something, it doesn't matter. When he has that dollar in front of his face, he wants to go to the store and blow it on a dollar candy or something. So the one the one little thing that I have when it comes to their spending, they do have to like, you know, research the item to make sure that it's legit and it's good. Um and they want it. But then also I have a three-day rule where once they decide what they want, they have to wait three days to buy it. If they still want it, I let them buy it and I can't say anything. Even if it's for a stupid dollar candy bar when I know they're trying to save 20 bucks. I can't, I'm not allowed to say anything. It's fine. We'll go to the store and you can have your Rolo or whatever. Wow. I need that rule too. <laughs> you should just teach me because obviously I can't teach my classes. children. I'm doing Seriously. everything wrong. Yeah, you should just teach classes, DLM, of how to just how to give these tips. Like these are golden, golden tips. <laughs> it's hard though. Like it's you're you're so right. It's completely a mindset. It does make you. It can make you feel powerful. I know when I spend money, I feel more like a baller, or you know, like I've got the money to spend this and and spend for that. I definitely feel powerful doing it. You know, it's it's totally it's totally psychological. It's totally behavioral to spend money. Um, or to overeat or to keep your house clean. Like everybody has their things, you know, and this is just one of them. It's just the one, like another thing that we have to try and like fit in our lives of adulting. Mm-hmm. Good point. And, oh, we didn't talk about Christmas. So then how do you, do you, do you set a different budget for Christmas or do you actually have it as a surprise? Yes. So before Christmas, I have both of them send me a list and then I t- them how much money I'm going to spend for their Christmas presents. And so then they get to choose like out of their list, which are the ones that are the most important. And then of course, I surprise them with a couple of extra things from their list or just things I know they like. Um, but, but because they, they tend to be like, oh, I just want a Nintendo switch and, and three $50 games. Like, okay, that's like five bucks, but 
sure, let me just buy it for you. You know, no, I want, I want you to know what I'm buying. I want you to know what I'm spending with this money, you know? Oh, and that's another thing. This might sound stupid, but I always call my money, our money. It's, it's mm-hmm. something that's really important to me. I don't know why I, I have this team mentality with the three of us, but I always refer to the money that I earn as our money. So it feels more like we're doing this to like, we're deciding together as a family, how we're spending our money and less like I'm the, you know, dictator over what they get to buy and like what I'm going to buy for them. So this is just the Christmas presents and, and birthday presents is just one part of that with them helping decide what they want our money to go towards. Even for them, for you, like, do you also give them your list of things that you would like, or you just tell them, no, like, I have a <laughs> No, 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 no. They just, they like make me handmade cards or um, one time for my birthday last year, they made like a, um, they drew like a dance pad for me on the floor with like, and then like all these arrows pointing downwards and they made me toast in the morning. Oh. <laughs> um, so like that, that Yan, you side because that's, adorable and like that's what melts your heart as a mom you know so like that means a lot more to me than you know them buying me something or whatever Mm -hmm. so you don't say I want this for Christmas you're not getting allowance for two months that's my Christmas (laughs) (laughs) mommy's turn for something (laughs) do you talk to them about taxes that's such a great question So that's actually part of my list of things that I would talk about with like teenagers, like 13. So when you have kiddos around that age, I would start talking to them about taxes, um, not just income taxes, but sales taxes, filing your taxes, federal and state taxes, um, start calculating for those bigger items, like potentially purchasing a car at some point, which usually happens around 16 or 17. Um, and then subsequently car insurance and how that works, health insurance, um, renter's insurance for their future, you know, once they fly the nest, um, starting to learn how to allocate items, allocate your money towards rent, groceries, utilities, and as Yvonne alluded to, like how much they should cost, you know, like we don't, as a kid or like, you know, as a teen, you don't know if utilities cost $10 or 150 there's no number there. So just starting to put those numbers in their mind, like this is about how much rent costs. This is about how much I spend for groceries every week. Um, Also important to to start talking to them about is credit cards and credit card fees and interest rates. I know when I got my first credit card, I had no idea that if I didn't pay it off in full, there would be fees and interest rate, interest attached. I had no idea. I just was suckered in by the people on the camp college campus with their mm-hmm. their team. Me too. You know? Yep. So I maxed out my Capital One car real fast. Yes, I maxed out that card and I kept the balance on it. And then I said, I'll just get another card. <laughs> yeah, no concept. Yeah. Guys, and- adulting sucks. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to adult anymore. <laughs> so yeah, the credit card thing was definitely a fear. Again, I like this. That's a trend. I definitely was scared of money and scared of debt when I was younger. 
Um, and that, and because of that, I never took risk. And that's where I don't know if we're going to talk about the stock market with your kids or even cryptocurrency, right? Like there's a little bit of risk when you're in these types of uh, money-making investment ideas and not ideas, just practices really. And so because of that, I'm not, I like don't even care to learn, which is terrible. Don't, don't be like me. You should learn. You should learn. You should empower yourself <laughs> with this knowledge because it's very, very important. But I, I'm still, I, sometimes I still go back into like those old habits. So are you also, I'm talking about stock market too, um, with your children? Yeah, I definitely talked to them about investing and my retirement accounts and um, my rentals and things like that. They know all about that stuff. Now, whether they understand it and can apply it in any way, it's probably just a bunch of me going like, wah, 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 because it, it is pretty high level stuff. It's pretty high level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even when I showed like every month, I'll show them their college accounts and I'll, I'll, I'll show them like, oh, look, you earned 8% interest and you got $10 this, this week or whatever from it. They're just like, okay, sure. That's good. Like they, it's just too hard. It's, it's, it's too over their heads at this age, but I still want to expose them to it. So they, they see all that my, all my retirement, they see all my investing. Um, but I speak about it very briefly because I don't want to get to the point with them where they're like, okay, mom, enough. I, I don't much. know what word you're saying. And do you tell them like not, not to talk to their friends about everything you're sharing with them? <laughs> well, luckily, since they're still in COVID, it's not like they, you know, talk with their friends too much. But to be honest, I don't think, I think that they talk, I think they're more excited about what's in their own accounts. Mm. They seem to talk about that quite a bit. <laughs> we have saved. I don't think they really care or understand how much I have saved. <laughs> Well, that's good. So then they have the sense of like pride and the sense of willing to give the fact that you're teaching them about charities as well. I think that's also really important that you can give more and you can still get back without giving away everything, but just a little bit helps everybody. Yeah, I think, I think it's not for everyone, but it's kind of a, an issue that some people like don't like to talk about. Because not everybody is in, is interested in, in donating or generosity or charity, which is ev- anyone's prerogative. It's completely fine whether you're able to want to or don't want to. Um, and I force them to, but I definitely put that in their mind. You know that um, we have we have clothes, we have food, we have a shelter. You know, um, it's nice to be able to give back to people who don't. Um, and my son was learning about autism the other day through his class, his his own class. And he's like, oh, I think I want to give a little bit of money to, to Autism Speaks. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that sounds nice. Like he researched on his own and he decided. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, let's do it then. Um, my younger one obviously has spent his dollar. So he's not giving right now, but maybe <laughs> in the future he might. Your younger one sounds like, a lot like my younger one, except he knows more than my younger one <laughs> and he's younger than my younger one <laughs> I was a younger child and I feel I feel myself in him sometimes because I know that I was a little bit like mischievous and stuff like that um and at the end of the day you teach them what you can teach them and you try your best and then you let them fly when they're 18 and if they make bumps and if they fall on the ground you just help them out but then you kind of just have to hope for the best yeah, my younger one's more like my husband, so I'm also that's your fault. 
not me. <laughs> Those are not my jeans. <laughs> oh dear. I wonder what will happen when I have babies. <laughs> I, I definitely know that we're going to have some spending problems with, with some of them. Hopefully that we can start implementing some good habits so that they can fight the, the fight the genetics that they started off with. Not like it's not an issue. Malika has no problem. Malika's really, really good with money, actually. And he speaks a lot like you, where it's it's very logical and almost intuitive to him. Where he's saying, Oh, of course, like you if you put your money in here, if you switch your accounts, like he has no problem closing and opening accounts for better interest. That's again terrifying to me. I never want to move anything. It's inside this box in my mind that I don't want to touch. Um, and I think a lot, and again, a lot of it was bad habits that I learned when I was a child. Um, and, and do you guys have any pets right now? No pets. No pets. Um, because I was about to ask, like, have you have they had to take care of a little something themselves or had to sell anything of their own to understand money in that in that transaction way? You know, no, they haven't had to, um, they haven't ever um, had to take care of anyone younger than them or a pet. They have donated some some of their toys or sold some of their toys. Um, but I don't, you know, I never looped back with them to see kind of what they thought about that or how they felt about that process. They were things that they were, they didn't want to play with and they didn't enjoy anymore anyways. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know. I'll be very curious to see like what, what happens um, when they have like a little something to take care of. Cause that was a really big shock to me. I think when I started, well, yeah, when I was growing up, like, oh my gosh, like how can I take care of something? I still don't have a pet for that very reason. Yeah. And like, when did you first like start having a dog <laughs> for your kids? I was for my kids. I had a baby for my kids. I got That's Jojo true. when I was in, co- in college. In college. Okay. Cause so, that yeah. was always my dream to have a dog and my stepdad wouldn't let, wouldn't let me have a dog so as soon as I was able to I got a dog I didn't think about finances actually <laughs> it was very tough because obviously I didn't research a breed I didn't like I didn't really do any research I just got a puppy and I had to move three times that year because my beagle was howling he had separation anxiety he would howl the minute I leave so I had to move three times that year it was I almost had to give him up luckily I met my husband right before um, or right around time when I was just like having a really hard time with him and then I met my husband we moved in together really quickly and that was that and and yeah some good, some good, and good stuff came out of that because I know for sure um just even thinking about the insurance and having a pet like that that all adds up and sometimes kids like don't know that that's in itself like a reason to think about it's not just having a dog or someone to love. You have to take care of it in all aspects of the ways, especially when it gets sick. Like what happens and what do you do? Yeah, I think the responsibility of having a pet is really great for kids. It's a really great kind of stepping stone into learning all those different things. Like you're, you're mentioning walking the dog, taking care of the dog, what to do when the dog gets sick or cat or any pet. So I think it is a great um, opportunity at, at really kind of making a more well-rounded empathetic you know kiddo as well something to think about I just don't want the the everything to fall back on me to take care of at the end of the day so I just have to be very very careful that's gonna happen Yvonne Hmm? that's gonna happen especially knowing you I know that's all gonna fall on you I I I love taking care of things pretty much 90% stuff falls on me so (laughs) 
I know. And all, like, well, one that started, like for me, it also started because in my mind, no one can clean the way I clean. Like no one can clean it the way I want to clean it. No one can do it the way I want to do it. So therefore, let, just let me do it. And that just sets a bad precedence. Also learn from me, guys. Don't don't follow that. <laughs> well, that's actually true in my house. <laughs> I do have to do it. Oh, no, well. no, but we, we have a cleaner, thank God. Otherwise, I would I would die. <laughs> Um, oh, and that kind of goes back to um, just lessons. So when I was a kid, I did a lot of like tennis lessons, swimming lessons, and music lessons. Is that also something that your kids have been asking for and also budgeting with their own money as well? Or is that kind of education bucket for you? They used to ask for that stuff a lot more than they have recently. So I had um, put them in like one of my kids, I had put in like a drama acting class and then they had soccer class and um, piano and, you know, a couple um, uh flute or something like that. Like they've, they've had like the standard kind of suite of kids activities um, that, you know, kids do summer camp and all that. Um, but the, those type of things, um, I took under my responsibility for, you know, paying for and things like that. Then first of all, some of them can get pretty pricey. Um, I did, if there was, if they did ask for more than I could afford, I would tell them like, listen, I can't afford this right now. Can you pick your top two choices or whatever? And go for that. Um, so we did stuff like that, but I didn't, um, it, it, it was never something that would ever fall on their shoulders. And, and then on top of that, you know, obviously for the past two years or so, year and a half, we haven't done anything anyways because of COVID. So it's been a real uh, money saver, I tell you, COVID. Yes. <laughs> I can't like go to restaurants. You know, I can't go try clothes on. I can't do swatches at Sephora. So there's nothing else. Yeah. I didn't have to pay for childcare. That saved a ton of money. Yeah. Not having to pay for childcare. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was amazing. So since you, your kids buy their own toys, basically, um, do you notice that they take care of their toys better because they buy their own toys? Because my kids, I get them a toy they really want. They'll play with it for like, I will say like half an hour. And then it's just like in with everything else. And they never play with it again. And it's just, it's just there. And if it's like half a little pieces, pieces will be missing within like the first 10 minutes. Does that still happen with your kids or, or do they take it up better because they bought, they bought it themselves? What you just described sounds exactly like my younger son. Oh. Yeah, he, his stuff is, his stuff is lost in multiple crannies of the house. Um, there's this remote control car that he saved up his money to buy. He played it on the first day and it's been sitting right here next to my couch for probably two months now. My boyfriend plays with it more than he plays with it. <laughs> that tells you something. But my older son, he's very careful with his items. He takes precious care over it. But he just has more of that, like, responsible young adult mentality. Like, mm-hmm. he loves being kind of the man of the house. Like, he loves taking out the trash and helping me replace light bulbs and things like that. Like, he enjoys that. Um, he enjoys kind of feeling... Um, needed and wanted and taking and helping out and taking care of the household my younger one he's just this little very spirited boy just flies by the seat of his pants and I don't know if that's ever really going to change you know sometimes the personalities are just that type of personality where he's just not he's just not as interested or 
you know, he, he's kind of more of that person that's more of that business minded, like social, you know, going to make social contacts with people, maybe be a YouTube person. He's the future CEO is what he is. Yes. Future entrepreneur CEO. That's, that's a, that's the mentality. That's my husband's mentality. <laughs> that's exactly, that's what I think he's going to be. I don't think he's necessarily going to be this like responsible kind of in the box. Like my older son, he's probably just going to go to college, become an engineer, you know, work for Google and have 2.5 kids. <laughs> you know, that's my older son. My younger one, I don't think he'll ever kind of take care of his things really, or, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, because that's just the way he, he is. And he's been like that for so long. Did your older son grow up faster when you had your divorce? Did you notice any kind of change? Because my daughter's best friend's um, parents are going to divorce. And as soon as that was happening, her, their older son, who is, I think he, he's going to be 13, but no, he, he's going to be 13, I think, 14. Um, but as soon as he heard that, he was like, oh, I need to learn how to drive. I need to go do all this stuff. I need to have my mom cook. And, and I'm like, you're 13 years old. You're not going to go drive like at 13 years old. Yeah. But like right away, he's like, I need to be in the man of the house now. I need to do all of these things. And his mom was like, oh my gosh, you grew up like overnight. Did you notice that with your son or, or do you think that's just his personality? I think it's, I think it's just his personality only because... Um, he was four when I got divorced. Mm, okay. Yeah. He's still, he was young. still really little. I still was taking care of him a lot, you know? Um, but he always, he's even as a little guy, he's always had kind of this sense of taking care of others and being empathetic and, um, being responsible and things like that. But as he's grown older, he's just, I see, I seem to find that he just really enjoys kind of taking on that role mm-hmm. um, and like building things and using his hands and, um, helping me out and things like that my younger one just needs cuddles and he's good for the day yeah same <laughs> but those cuddles are nice though I know I was just telling Yvonne um, earlier today that I need both of them for total like for the exact amount like I need them both equally for two totally different reasons like I need my hugs and and snuggles and mischievous and banter and silliness from my younger one and I need my older one for that like grounded responsible you know good boy mentality like equally but but so but still the same like still a lot of (laughs) yeah no no it's the same with my kids my older one's a lot more responsible she's more quiet more reserved and then my younger one's like spaz so but it's like I remember when I was pregnant with my younger one I was freaking out because I was like oh my gosh I can never love this baby as much as I love my older daughter but it's true like what they say you love them equally but in different ways and like for me it seems like it seems like they like my older daughter took my jeans some of my husband's jeans and then my younger daughter took my husband's jeans and some of mine and they like put them together it's like (laughs) me and him you know so it's just like crazy that how kids turn out that way yeah exactly well I just know I can't wait to be a mom. Yeah, no, is I tell I'm preparing my life so that I can be the best mom that I can be. <laughs> because it's not something, it's just not something that I, I think comes easily to like my mind, other than the fact that I want to do it and I feel ready now. So that's definitely going to be an exciting journey. Um, and 
I know that we're heading up to time, but before you go, I know you have a lot of great books and resources that you can share with us. Uh, what were the books? Well, I have a couple books here um, for younger kiddos, the four to kind of seven range. There's this book called If You Made a Million by David Schwartz, which would be a good start. Um, for kind of that middle ground kids from four to you know early teens, there's two books. There's one called The Everything Kids Money Book by Brent Sember and um, How to Turn $100 into a Million Dollars by James McKenna. Uh, I need that book. I was about to say, <laughs> I can read these books too, right? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're good books. They're, it, and it makes it, it, it puts it in a, a manner where it's more fun to learn about, you know? And then there's another book for teens, for the older kiddos, like people, kids graduating high school or, or entering high school. It's called More Money, Please by Scott Gam. Thank you. And we'll definitely link those in so um, our listeners can click on them and enjoy them and read them. We need a lot more books in our reading list. I have definitely been using my extra free time just to read more books. And it definitely helps take the edge off of work and definitely helps reduce some stress a little bit, escapism. (laughs) Even if it is about money, but it's about something new. And I feel like I can learn a little bit more. And I'm always learn a lot when I'm talking to you, Neelam. I'm sure we'll have plenty of budget and money questions again. (laughs) Um, And we're so excited that you were able to join us. Thank you so much. Thank you both. It was so much fun. Thanks, Neelam. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you love this episode, let us know what you think by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can reach out to us on our Instagram page. You can also find more content and episodes on our website, Lost and Refound, soon to be million ways to shine. Keep an eye out for new content on productivity and goal planning. See you next time.